welcome to today's episode of Equip. Uh, today I want to talk about a very important subject that a lot of people struggle with throughout their life, and that's the topic of anger. And I want to talk today about dealing with anger and how we deal with it. Have you ever had anything go wrong in your life where you felt so angry that the result of it was you did something that you later regretted? You know, and so we're going to talk about what the Bible says about how we should deal with anger today. Um, many years ago, shortly after I became a Christian, I was so angry with a good friend of mine. And it wasn't a big deal. Um, she just stepped over some boundaries in my life. But I was so angry, I, I was ready to slug her. And it was a very difficult situation. Um, I yelled at her and I told her what I thought at her at the top of my lungs. And my anger level was a, at a point where I was even feeling physically violent towards her. Um, we were both at a function, and one uh, pastor's wife, I was talking to her, and out of the blue, she shared with me this scripture. And she didn't know what was going on or anything like that, but just out of the blue, she started sharing with me this. 1 John 3.15, anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. And when she had said that scripture, it just kind of hit me like, whoa. And it was at that moment, I knew the seriousness of what anger can lead to in a person's life. You know, Jesus started to raise the bar, as he says in, in 1 John, anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. So anger instantly leads to hatred. And Jesus said that's like murder. So it's such an important topic today that I want to talk about is, is how to deal with our anger, how to handle it, um, how to talk ourselves down from it, and how to react the way the Bible says we should react. Psalm 103 verse 8 says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious. He is slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. So there are many scriptures that show anger is an emotion that even God has. Um, however, when we speak of God's anger, it's usually in the context of a righteous anger. He's angry because of a righteous cause. Okay? But when the Bible talks about human anger and how to deal with human anger, um, it usually refers to it as a destructive emotion that creates behaviors um, that are negative and that cause negative reactions and negative consequences. So. Um, the definition of anger is a strong emotional reaction of displeasure, often leading to plans for regret or punishment. So a strong emotional reaction of displeasure, often leading to plans of regret or punishment. So have you ever been so angry that you did something or reacted in a way that you later regretted? Okay, I asked that question earlier. So think about it. Think about just different times in your life um, where you were angry. I know recently um, my husband was at an appointment and they got the time wrong so they told him to come back in half an hour. So he came back in half an hour and they made him wait for another 20 minutes and nobody still came out. His anger level was just so intense that he thought he better get out of there before he yells at somebody. So you know, have you ever been waiting for so long that you got angry? Has anybody ever pushed your buttons? where you were just ready to snap at a moment's notice. You know, and we've all done that. You know, anger is an emotion, a God-given emotion, um, but we really need to learn as a body of Christ and how to deal with it.
Psalm 37 verse 8 says, refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Well, that's easier said than done, isn't it? When we're in the heat of the emotion of anger, it's easy to look at the scripture and say, okay, yeah, I get that, but how do I do it? So we're going to look at how we can refrain from anger and, and react in a way that's honorable to God. So Proverbs, we also know that as the book of wisdom in the Bible, it urges us to think carefully before expressing anger, to be patient, and to show restraint. So let's just look at um, a few key scriptures in Proverbs that talk about this anger. Proverbs 12:16 says, A fool is quick-tempered, but a wise person stays calm when insulted. Proverbs 14:29 says, People with understanding control their anger, and a hot temper shows great foolishness. Proverbs is saying, we're a fool when we let our anger get the best of us, when we, when we just express our anger without showing any restraint, without holding it back. Proverbs 19.11, sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. Right? Have you ever been at a point where you just couldn't control your temper and it was out of control? Well, we're going to give you some strategies today that can help you regain that sensibility when it comes to anger. Proverbs 29.11, one more. Fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. Okay. And it's not the kind of holding back that you, where you bottle it up inside, and then later it's like a big explosion, but it's the kind of anger that says, okay, I'm going to deal with this the way God wants me to deal with it, and not bottle it up so that it explodes on somebody later. Um, Billy Graham has a great quote about this, and uh, most of us in the world today know who Billy Graham is, but he says this, hot heads and cold hearts never solve anything. Okay? So he was known as a very patient man, and um, he had a lot of wisdom, and he said hot heads and cold hearts never solve anything. Okay? So let's look at some of the consequences and what happens to angry people when they vent their anger. Proverbs 29:22 says, an angry person stirs up conflict and a hot-tempered person commits many sins. So angry people are people that can't control their anger. They cause conflicts. Have you ever been around anyone like that? Or maybe you're like that, where there's always conflict in your life. I know I've been like that in the past. And I've, I've, my family, there's always been a lot of conflict and it's all been due to a result of anger. Okay, so this is a big topic, and I know some of you are thinking right now of people you know that just like blow their top like that, or maybe you do that as well. So if, if that's you, then you need to listen up, grab your Bible, start to take some notes today, because this is really going to help you. Proverbs 19.19 19 said, hot-tempered people must pay the penalty. If you rescue them once, you're going to have to do it again. So hot-tempered people must pay the penalty. If you rescue them once, you'll have to do it again. So angry people continually get themselves into trouble. Okay, so until they figure out how to contain their anger, there's always going to be problems in their life. Okay, so there's no point rescuing them, but more the giving them principles to teach them how to overcome their anger. I know um, in North America, there's a lot of anger management classes today. And um, they give kind of tools and things like that to um, overcome anger. Okay, and those work to a certain extent, but we really need the Holy Spirit of God to help us to learn how to refrain from our anger 
and, and to teach us um, how, to, how to channel our anger in a healthy way. Proverbs 22, 24, and 25 says, Do not associate with a man given to anger or go with a hot-tempered man, or you will learn his ways and find a snare for yourself. So if you're around somebody that's angry, avoid them. Right? When you're angry, you're not going to be a joy to be around. I know when I've been angry in the past, I am not a joy to be around at all. You know, and, and people should avoid me. Um, you know, and, and thankfully, through the help of the Holy Spirit, God has helped me to learn how to restrain my anger and not blow my top. Okay. Uh, in biblical history, we look at Saul. And he stands out as such an embodiment of sinful rage. So let's see what he did when he was angry. And First uh, Samuel 19, verse 9 and 10 I'll just read the scripture quickly. Now there was an evil spirit from the Lord on Saul as he was sitting in the house with his spear in his hand, and David was playing the harp with his hand. Saul tried to pin David to the wall with the spear, but he slipped away out of Saul's presence so that he stuck the spear into the wall, and David fled and escaped that night. So Saul was so angry, and it was rooted in jealousy, and oftentimes you know, our anger is just a result of some other root problems that we have going on. But Saul was so angry that he, he tried to take a man's life. He tried to take David's life. You know, and, and it wasn't just about David. It was about Saul dealing with his anger. Okay. Have you ever been so angry and you said, well, if that person would just stop doing this, or it's all their fault, you know, or, or you know, they, they made me get so angry. And it's like, no, they didn't. And I'm going to show you here with Saul, because even when David wasn't around, he had an anger problem. Um, 1 Samuel 20, verse 30 to 34, and I'm not going to read this, but um, if you go to those passages of Scripture, 1 Samuel 20, 30 to 34, it says, it talks about how Saul was so angry at his son Jonathan, um, because Jonathan was close to David. And he became so angry with his own son that he even threw a spear at him. Okay, so David wasn't the cause of Saul's anger. Saul had a root of anger, a root of jealousy that he had to deal with and, and had to learn to overcome for himself. And it was such a strong, powerful thing, um, a destructive thing in Saul's life that he almost took his own son's life out of it. Could you imagine being so angry? And we hear of that so many times where there's family homicides and, and, and um, family violence and things like that, where people are so angry, they take it out on the ones that they love so much. You know, and I know maybe some of you are watching and, and you're feeling a little bit convicted right now because you've hurt somebody you love because of your anger, you know, and maybe you blame them for it. Well, you know what? It's not their fault. You need to learn to control your anger, regardless of what other people do in your life. Uh, so anger is a very strong emotion, and in the midst of it, I understand, it's how do you control it? How do you control it when you're seeing red, when you go into a blind rage? So here's some strategies to learn how to control our anger. Okay. Number one, we're going to start with something really tough. Okay. Control your anger. Control your anger. And you're like, well, how do I do that? What do you mean? Okay. When people mistreat us or something's going on in their life that's not fair 
and anger rises up, we almost kind of feel vindicated, like, I have a right to be angry. And there are times where we do have a righteous anger that we can act on, right? But if it leads to destructive behavior in us, if it leads to us damaging relationships or hurting other people um, or, or causing a negative effect or a ne negative consequence, then that's not a righteous anger. That's an, a, an anger issue in your own heart that you have to learn to deal with. James 1, 19 and 20 says this, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So God doesn't want a bunch of believers that are out there that are quick-tempered, that just fly off the handle when they feel slighted or when they feel something has gone wrong or if they don't even get their own way. And actually, it's a real sign of immaturity in our character when we get angry, when we just fly off the handle for, for various reasons. Luke 6.31 says, Do to others as you would like them to do to you. Would you like to go up to somebody and say something and them to fly off the handle at you and to lash out? No, of course not. None of us would like that. But yet, at the same time, we hold ourselves to a lower standard than we do other people. Right? And that's why the Bible says to do unto others as you would like them to do unto you. Because a lot of times we want to be retreated with respect, with love, with caring, with goodness, but yet we don't treat others that way. You know, if something big goes on, like abuse or violence, um, something criminal, then yeah, we do have a right to be angry, but not to, to take that anger and do something destructive with it or, or plan vengeance or go out and um, attack somebody. But we can do something um, and take action. So we can enlist the help of others. We can enlist the help of the police. Um, you know, medical agencies, there's all sorts of support systems out there, uh, social groups that we can get help from, okay? So there are righteous causes for anger, but if your anger is causing you to do something destructive, then you're going about it the wrong way. So I said number one was control your temper. Number two is don't let your anger control you, okay? So God recognizes that sometimes we do get angry, okay? Often we need to um, rem remedy a situation or to spur us on to action. Psalm 4.4 4 says this, Don't sin by letting anger control you. Think about it overnight and remain silent. Okay, so don't sin by letting anger control you. Do you remember the first time driving a, a car? Okay, for some of you that drive out there. What was the first lesson you learned? Okay, well, I don't know about you, but the first lesson I learned was that I control the car. Okay, what, if, the, what if, if I let the car control me, what would happen? Well, I would probably crash it or something destructive would happen to it, okay? So when we're driving a car, we control it, okay? And in the same way, with our anger, we also can control that, okay? If we let our anger control us, it's gonna lead to destructive behavior, destructive patterns in our life, okay? So that's a, that's a really cool analogy. Um, you know, if we're the driver of a car that we can't control, it will crash and cause destruction, okay, and maybe hurt ourselves or others, or, or even, even kill somebody, right? And in the same way, anger is the same way. Um, if used properly, it can create some great results, um, but if it's not, it can create a lot of destruction. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 says this, 
And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Okay, so I'm going to talk to the husbands and wives out there. Have you ever been angry at your spouse? <laughs> a couple in the studio here are smiling. Well, of course, we've all been angry with our spouse. You know, and I remember the advice of um, uh, one gentleman and his wife that have been married for, for decades. And they said, whenever we're angry and we think we might do something or say something we shouldn't, we just grab our shoes and we go for a walk for 20 minutes until we cool off. And, and think about it, you know. And um, that's what the Bible basically says, is, is just remove yourself from the situation and cool yourself off, right? Because your moment of anger could create a destructive effect in your relationship, and that could lead to other things like resentments, um, you know, hurt feelings, wounds, all that kind of stuff. So it's so important to deal with our anger um, in a healthy way. Thirdly, and this is a huge one, pray. Um, I know uh, one gentleman, he's, he's, a, he's a pastor, great man of faith. He's gone to be with the Lord now. He said shortly after he became a Christian, he had such a bad temper, and he would just get so angry. But whenever he got angry like that, he would lock himself in his bathroom and he would just start to pray in the Holy Spirit, pray in tongues to God until that anger went away. So he would just pray. If it took him an hour, if it took him two hours till he calmed down, he would just go in, in, his, in his little um, bathroom and, and just pray until he was no longer angry because he was so fearful of what his anger would do if he didn't contain it. So pray for yourself. Pray for the person who's making you angry. Pray for the situation. You know, and really pray that your heart will be softened and so that, so that you can see the other person through God's eyes and, and hopefully forgive them. All right. Uh, Colossians 3, 8. But now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth, and then put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, Bearing with one another, if you have a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. So God desires better for us than anger and bitterness and resentment in our hearts. You know, many years ago, um, prior to becoming a Christian, or just before I became a believer, um, I was in an addiction rehabilitation center. And uh, one of the girls that they had put me in a, a room with as a roommate she was a cocaine-addicted prostitute, and she just knew how to push my buttons. And I would just get so angry with her and so annoyed with her, and, and it's like any little thing she did, I just, I just couldn't handle anymore. And um, I was just kind of learning to pray at the time, so I just thought, well, you know, I'm just going to try to pray for her, because I didn't know what else to do. It was either punch her in the head or pray for her, so I decided... Well, let's try this prayer thing. You know, let's see what it's all about. So I started to pray for her. And I just, I just prayed that, you know, God just, would just help me with her and that God would bless her. And I really didn't know how to pray very well, but just anything that came into my mind, I just, I just prayed for her. And um, the next day, uh, it was my heart softened towards her. And we ended up having the best conversation and had a really good relationship 
you know, just as a result of that. So sometimes when, when people are, are, you know, bugging you or, or making you angry and you don't really understand why or it's just little things that are affecting you, um, maybe you work with somebody like that. Okay, I've worked with people like that and, and just start to pray for them. You know, pray, bless those who curse you. Pray for them that persecute you. You know, there's plenty of scriptures that back that up. So pray for those people that are irritating you, that are making you angry in your life. And, and God will start to show you them through, through your eyes and start to adjust the situation, okay? So there, there is hope with prayer, okay? And fourthly, forgive, okay? Forgive them, okay? So I said these steps aren't going to be easy. Um, so just, and again, pray that God can help you to forgive, right? Pray it all the time, right? If, you, if every time you see them, you get something in your heart that's like, ugh, and you just, you, you, that little anger pops up, just keep praying and praying. You know, there's an acronym, PUSH. Pray until something happens, right? So, so keep praying for them until you notice something happened and there's a change in your life, okay? If, you, if they hurt you, right, pray that God heals that area in your life that you've been hurt in. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32, it says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. God has every reason to be angry with us, right? We've sinned against him. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But he's chosen to treat us kindly, to love us, to be tender-hearted, to forgive us, by sending his son to the cross to die for all those things we've wronged him against. Okay, so in the same way, God wants us to be able to forgive each other. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy and it's often a process, okay, but that's, it is a big step. Luke 6:37 it says, Do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or it'll come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. Okay, so everything with God's principles is about loving God and loving others. So when it comes to anger, the same rule applies, right? The more we learn to forgive others and love others, then that rule applies, okay? And that leads to this fifth point, love, okay? Forgiveness is one thing, but loving is an ent entirely another, okay? Loving your enemy, the person that, that's hurt you, okay? It's not suggested, but it's required. Okay, we are required to love those that hurt us, that love those that do wrong. Um, Luke 6.35, love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great, and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High, for he is kind to those who are thankful and wicked. Okay, the passage even goes on to say that even sinners are kind to those who love them, but it takes something special to be kind to your enemy. Uh, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. Do all that you can to live with peace for everyone. Because if you feel like you've been wrong, something unjust has come to you, and there's something inside of you that's like, oh, I just want to pay them back for that. I just want to get them back. You know, like, I, want, I need revenge. That'll make me feel better. Okay, this is what God says about revenge. Okay, he says, I will take revenge and I will pay them back, says the Lord. 
Okay? Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Let God have your back. Okay? If you do something, and if you seek revenge, then you're pushing God out of the picture. Okay? But if you obey his word and say, bless your enemies, do good for them, pray for them, love them, forgive them, then all of a sudden you've invited God into the picture and then he can move on your behalf. Right? And so he will be merciful to them, but sometimes he'll, he'll get revenge too if, if they're not repentant, if they're not willing to change, because God loves them too. Right? People, um, one person was angry at someone and said, you know, like, you should be on my side. Like, whose side are you on? And I said, I'm on both of your side. I said, because God is on both of your side. Okay? So when I'm angry with somebody, I always remember that. God is on my side, but God is also on their side. Right? He loves us all in spite of our character weaknesses, in spite of our flaws. Okay? Isn't that cool? Right? So, so when we look at each other that way, it's, it's, you know, we don't look at our, it from a selfish way, but from the way that you know, God says, I'm on both of your side. Okay, who's ever wronged you? I'm on their side too. They're a work in progress. You're a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. Okay, and, and God is so merciful that he's willing to lead us through that process and to love us through that. Okay, and I want to close with this quote from a great man of God, Charles Spurgeon. Friend, do not say I can't help having a bad temper. Friend, you must help it. Pray to God to help you overcome it at once, for either you must kill it or it will kill you. You cannot carry a bad temper into heaven. Wow, that's so powerful. So I just pray today that God helps you to overcome and control your temper and that you are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. Okay? Thank you for watching today's episode. Um, you can visit our website at equipministries.ca for further resources.